The Mayfair Theatre Podcast is sponsored by the House of Targ, a live music venue featuring classic pinball and arcade games, a tantalizing pierogi menu, and the best local and international rock, metal, punk bands, and DJs. Open Thursdays to Sundays. Visit them at 1077 Bank Street at Sunnyside, and for more information, go to www.houseoftarg.com. A perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. Who we are expecting? <laughs> I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Please talk to me, please. You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? I need more from life than what Johnny can give me. She's a sociopath. She can't love anyone. There is no baby. I told him that to make it interesting. She's such a manipulative witch. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. I treat you like a princess, and you stab me in the back. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Hey, Danny. Where's my money, Danny? Put the gun down. What the hell is wrong with you? Shut up. Oh. Hey! Stop it up with this world. The Room. A film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Andrew. I'm... You're still Johnson. Wait, I'm still Johnson. (laughs) I screwed it up. I was going to try to do something hilarious there, and it didn't work. (laughs) I'm sorry, I screwed it up. It's okay. I should have said Josh. (laughs) Oh, maybe next time. Uh, We're back. I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were in, been, where like, were you, Montreal? I, I was in Montreal for the uh, Montreal Comic-Con, selling my comic-y wares, and um, then came back and did a couple days of Blues Fest work, and then tonight, uh, and for the next, whatever it is, two weeks, I'll be pointing lights at a stage for uh, various bands. Uh, but I'm glad that we have matinees now, because I can still come and watch a movie this afternoon <laughs> and then go to work, <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, Montreal was fun. They, they, man, nerds have really kicked it up a notch <laughs> because they had, none of this was like actual movie props, but there, I took pictures and put it on, um, our Instagram, but there was someone who had the two motorbikes from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Someone had a, a DeLorean, but with like the wheels kind of Back to the Future 2 style. Whoa. And they had a floaty skateboard that hurt my brain for a second because I couldn't figure out how they were doing it. I think it was like a, a magic act where there was like a, a rod sticking into the wall or something like that, but it looked mm. really good. And then somebody had a bunch of Ghostbusters were there, and they were all decked out in their their uh, proton packs, and they had an ecto like a movie perfect ecto one. Um, so they had all that. I want to oh. play Ghostbusters again, so we can get oh the my God, Ghostbusters yeah. back here. I would, li- yeah, because we did that once, and I think 
if I remember correctly, like, without any effort on our part, some Ghostbusters just showed up. Oh, man. We just, <laughs> like, honestly, we just sent them an email. When, yeah. And when we were in Orleans, I feel like the Ghostbusters were there every week. Yeah. You know? We just, like, became pals. Because we were in the parade with them, and they came because I think we played Ghostbusters at one point in time. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, Lee just called them a bunch of times and was like, hey, can you come ghost bust? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them, like, photoshopped up a picture of them, like, busting Slimer, I believe, here in this theater. And they put in, like, the whole, like, lightning bolts and the whole bit and everything like that. That's awesome. Yeah. They're super cool people. Well, especially with anyway. new Ghostbusters on the horizon, maybe that's an excuse to, maybe this Halloween or something we could talk our other Mayfair folks into doing that. Called Ghostbusters? Because Well, that's a good movie, too, because it's a scary, you know, monster ghost movie, but it's only rated PG, so we could kind of show it in, like, a matinee slot and kind of older kids can come without getting horribly scarred for life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but that, yeah, that was good, but so I'm glad to be able to catch a movie this afternoon here. Um, before I forget, the one thing I wanted to talk about is last week, I think it was last week, we mentioned... Um, the urban legend that a toaster was thrown through the yeah. screen at the Bytown. Yeah. And it's not true. It's not true. I thought it was. I know. <laughs> and we all did. I, I Twittered our friends at the uh, the Bytown and basically said, hey, is this true? We were talking about, about theater stuff. And they replied quickly and were like, nope, not true. Uh, the closest thing to that was when they were in their previous location, somebody threw like a large Coke at the screen and totally stained the screen, which oh. is also bad. But, uh, but no toaster through the screen, which blows my mind. I feel like mind. I've met people who said yeah. that it happened, so I wonder if maybe Rocky played at a different theater in town yeah. that sort of looked like maybe the old town. Or like it might have been the... I could see that playing at the Rito, because the Rito was That's kind of a, a hip theater, I think, back in the day. Yeah. That's true. My dad worked there, and he said that they play Disney movies and B-horror movies. Yeah, they did, so like, exploitation stuff there, I think. I feel like probably Rocky Horror fits that bill. Man, we gotta mm -hmm. find Somewhat. out now. But I'm just fascinated because I swear I heard that like 15 or more years ago in my youth as like a, a, an urban legend. And then I heard other people without me bringing up in conversation, like you'll say, Rocky Horror, oh, we're screening Rocky Horror. And they'll say, oh man, remember that story of someone throwing a toaster through a screen? I've heard people uh, credit that to the Mayfair. And I've said, and then I've said, Nope. No, it's not the Mayfair, it's the Bytown. So no. I was spreading lies. The Mayfair is the entire massive bag of rice down the stairs. Yeah. But I kind of, it's like we kind of need to keep perpetuating that myth. Yeah. So that people don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't test your luck chucking shit at the screen. Well, I remember when we were showing... Because uh, we will find you. Yeah, yeah we'll know. Yeah. Yes. Everyone, we'll, we'll turn the movie off and turn this theater around and go right back your home. Your head's going to be at the... <laughs> On a stake outside the front door. <laughs> when, when we screened uh, Fateful Findings the first time, and usually midnight movies are past my bedtime, but I wanted to come because I had a feeling that it might have been the start of something big, mm. like the ground floor of this new cult phenomenon. And it did really well the first night, like like really well uh, attended. The crowd had a good time. We Skyped in with the filmmaker, and he was very entertaining. And I stand by that it's a crazier movie than The Room because <laughs> The Room is a bad film, but it has some semblance of, of like some characters and you're kind of following that. It's like a love triangle maybe. or like It's awkwardly written. All the dialogue is yeah. not natural, but like 
But Fateful Findings has this like conspiracy theory going, and and maybe a ghost story and flash maybe aliens? and scenes where nothing happens. Nothing happens. Like people just stand around, or you yeah. see that in a lot of bad movies where even there's you see this in Birdemic, yeah, where there's just like a scene of a guy walking from point A to point B. And I wonder if they're just like padding it out so they get to like seventy minutes, you know, like so they get to like a feature. Or length. they just they have no sense of of how to pace a movie, how to edit a movie. It's like, just, oh, what? I got to show him walking to his car yeah. for 10 minutes. Yeah. There's no continuity if, uh, if we don't know what he's doing in yeah. between. Yeah. And it, at that film, I was sitting up in the balcony, and I, and I was looking down, and I saw that for some there were shoes. All over the movie is shoes, cutaways to shoes all the time. Much like spoons in the room. Yeah. yeah. And, and I swear my brain went, oh, my God, people are going to start throwing shoes. <laughs> and then in the... They were nice enough to kind of keep it to the aisles, but I saw someone kind of underhanded throw a shoe in the aisle, and my brain just went, oh, no. no. And then a guy behind me started joking about he was going to throw his shoes to his buddies, and I turned around, and I was like, please don't throw your shoes. And he, he kind of, like, got angry at me, like I was ruining his fun. And I turned around to him, like, and he was, like, a grown-up. He was, like, 25, maybe 30, and I was like, well, just pretend you're down in, below us in, in the seats down there. And you're throwing a shoe. Do you want to get a shoe in the back of your head? Yeah, would you? And like a three-year-old, he just kind of under his breath went, I don't want to get a shoe in the back of my head. I don't just throw shoe. It's only fun if it happens to someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just pictured a steel toe boot just going right through the screen during yeah. Fateful Finding. So I remember the early days of the room kind of saying, going up and doing introductions and being like, like there's kind of a thing with like throwing spoons and maybe with a, throwing a football. Just Throw it left to right. Like, yeah. don't throw it at the screen. Throw it up over your head. Throw it behind you, but... Make sure if you're throwing it to someone that they see that you're throwing something at them. Yeah. <laughs> because don't want to break... The screen's just a screen. I gotta find out. Someone must have thrown a toaster through. Now we're gonna instigate it. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> we're gonna, like, no pad, pad people down. But, yeah, so that, that's an urban legend that we debunked. And, uh... Which... But speaking of that... What? Oh, yeah. uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is playing this upcoming Saturday at 10.45. Oh, um, two weeks after the last screening. <laughs> two weeks after the last screening. Uh, this is Graham's official last screening before he leaves the country. So that's why it's a bit who earlier? Does he, who does he I, play? Yes, because uh, he plays Brad. Okay. He's played Brad for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, and also, Handsome Mark mm-hmm. is... Reprising the role of Rocky in oh. all his gold shorts glory. <laughs> gold short glory. glory. I said glorer, like glory. glory horror. That's a word. <laughs> I remember we came a uh, couple Halloweens ago, last Halloween, and we were with somebody who not only never been to Rocky Horror oh, before, yeah, never that. heard of Rocky Horror before. <laughs> and we told Handsome Mark, and he was just like a kid Christmas morning. Wait, what? What? Are you sitting where you normally sit? Oh my God. And he came up and like sat in her lap like a like a male stripper and gave her a kiss on the cheek and kind of like serenaded her for like a couple lines of the song. Amazing. And he continued along his way and yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, it'll doing it so close. Usually, we kind of have a month in between. Yeah. But by doing this, it has meant that we're kind of doing some other things later in the month because we have learned a valuable lesson of let's not do an epic thing the afternoon before a midnight movie. Yeah. Because when we had, we had like cartoons and then like, I don't know, 12 movies and then a midnight movie. It was just, it's a long haul for everybody. But so I think later in the month we're doing our, like a triple bill of um, 
Indiana Jones. So yeah. I think that'll fall on a day that might have been a room or Rocky Horror Which Day. Which reminds me, I have to talk to Quinn about Burgers, food. Burgers, food, hot dogs. Yeah, so Rocky Horror is returning. Uh, and then it's interesting, we have two films returning. So Slow West held over for a second week. Yeah. But the they, Michael Fassbender Western. Uh, I, I'm going to see that. I'm, I'm glad it's held over because I go yeah, see it like next week. People were laughing. I've seen it. That whole movie. How yes. do you feel about it's, it? Uh, it's a fun, like it's a very small, modest movie, but like yeah. it's really well made, really well shot. Yeah. Um, it's not. Is it, it as hilarious as it sounds? It's quite funny. Like it's it's um, it's sort of it's got kind of a dark, dry sense of humor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me. I don't know if you're familiar with this Japanese filmmaker Takashi Kitano. I think, did he do the one that Quentin was in? No, that was no. Mikkei. Uh, Kitano, people might know Kitano from uh, Takeshi's Castle or that, that crazy Japanese game show that's on Spike TV. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he was like a comedian, uh, and, but he's also done these like really dark gangster movies like uh, Sonatine and uh, Fireworks. Yeah. And Brother, and I think, uh, what was his most recent one? I forget the name of it, but... Um, kind of reminded me of, of a Catano movie in that it's like got kind of a dry sense of humor and it's very kind of slow moving, but then there are these like big bursts of violence. Is Fastbender doing like the man with no name Clint Eastwood kind of thing? Or? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. It looks like it based on the poster. <clears throat> he's got the cigar and he's like the hard bitten yeah. guy, uh, anti hero. I like that it's 90 minutes. I yeah, like it's, it. very, it's very short and sweet. Back when. when uh, we have projectionists, our projectionist Matthew, we'd always say that, that every, especially there was a trend for a while there, that every movie could cut 20 or 30 minutes from its, its body and still be the same movie. And so anytime a movie's like 90 minutes, I just, I always seem to like them. They kind of get in, tell their story, get out, you know. I, I heard something... Um, it makes it really easy for showtime. Oh, yeah. Oh, too. yeah. <laughs> and most movies aren't that short. No. Yeah. But uh, I... Um, I heard this story about editing that was really cool, like how to make a movie shorter. Roger Corman told a filmmaker once, if you want to, like most Roger Corman movies are like 70, 80 minutes long. <clears throat> and he told a filmmaker, like if you want to shorten a movie, this is when they were shooting on film, take, cut like three frames from uh, the beginning of the scene and three frames at the end. And if you do that throughout the movie, you lose like 20 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Wow, yeah. Because I find too, like there was... Um, Oh, there, there's actually like a, a, a term for it, but I always think of it as like Indiana Jonesing, because there's scenes in like The Last Crusade where they'll be like, "We got to go to the library," and then just cut, and they're in the library. Or, "Hey, what about this?" and then cut, and they're somewhere mm-hmm. else. And you'll see other movies where they leave in like them walking for two blocks to the library. Mm-hmm. But this was those quick jump cuts kind of keep things going. And I think the audience is smart enough to be like. Oh, he went to the library. Like, you can just kind of follow yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. if, if your hero is saying, we're going to go to the airport, and then they're in the airport, you're not in your seat going, how did that just happen? <laughs> you, can, you can kind of jump cut that. Yeah, you That's, figure it out. And, um, but yeah, so, so I like that uh, a movie when it's, because some movies are just three hours long, and they feel three hours long. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, yeah, so when, every night I see it, I swear I notice, I'm like, ooh, 90 minutes, that's nice. <laughs> I, just, I just saw the other night, uh, While We're Young, with Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. And Naomi Watts. It's real, I don't know if we're going to show it. I hope so, but um, yeah, I don't know if we will. But it's, uh, it's really, really funny. And in, in the movie, he's this wannabe documentary filmmaker. Yeah. And he's been working on this, like, really boring documentary about, like, 
American power. Yeah. And it's 10 hours long. He's got like a 10 hour cut. Oh, no, he's got like a six hour cut. And Charles Broden is his father-in-law who's like, um, he's a successful documentary filmmaker. And he sits down in his apartment and watches it with him. And he's, <laughs> he, gets, he gets up. And he's like, so what do you think? What do you think? He's like, oh, you got some good scenes there, but uh, do you really need that part about the Ukrainian government? And Ben Stiller's like, yeah, that's really important to the story. And it's yeah. like, he's trying to tell him, like, I just sat through a six-hour movie that feels seven hours too long. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that that's the guilt of, it, when a filmmaker gets mad with power, and, and it's like Hollywood looks and goes, wow, that Peter Jackson movie or that Harry Potter movie or that Batman movie was three hours long and made a whole bunch of money. I guess we can keep on letting them do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas back in the day, you had to keep, like an animated movie had to be whatever, 70 minutes, and a comedy had to be 90 minutes, and mm -hmm. a drama could be two hours. And that was about it. Like mm -hmm. you, you they didn't really delve back and forth from that very often because they just wanted to get so many movies in per showtime. Mm -hmm. But now they're, where they're just like, oh, that movie was three hours long and we still made half a billion dollars. So I guess we can keep on having long movies. Yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, so uh, that Slow West is back for a second week, but then returning, uh, Leapfrog Week is uh, I'll See You in My Dreams. Yeah. Which is interesting that it kind of went away, and then I guess there was enough buzz, and I guess it did well enough that we're it did do bringing it well. back. Yeah. And so now we can correctly credit Rhea Perlman <laughs> as acting uh, yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I said Ron Rhea. Perlman. Instead of Ron Perlman. But uh, I saw the movie, and it was good. I, I saw it mainly because, A, I will admittedly watch anything, but I really wanted to see Michael Starr. I love Michael Starr. Martin Starr. Martin Starr. Oh, <laughs> Michael. We keep getting the cast wrong. <laughs> no, no, Michael Starr. Uh, Martin Starr from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And uh, Knocked he's up. Knocked up. And he kind of, he travels in the podcast circles that I listen to. So you'll hear him on uh, Doug Loves Movies or, or podcasts like that. But it's really good. He's like a grown-up in this movie. He's like, he has like a beard and a job. And he's like, <laughs> kind of like, it, it's, it's not quite a love triangle, but it's kind of like a, almost love triangle, friendship triangle between Blythe Danner, Sam Elliott, and Martin Starr. And just a nice, like, it's a movie that really easily could have been just a awful Oprah TV movie of the week. Yeah. But it has a good cast, and it's funny, and, and, uh, and you know, it's not, not, um, not ABCD. Like, there's actually some twists and turns compared to a, a traditional, you know, romantic TV movie. Mm-hmm. And, and Sam Elliott's in it with mustache, which is the most important Sam Elliott uh, thing. But yeah, it's good. So, so we've got to get that back. I always say that's like our target audience. One of our target audiences is that genre. Exactly, yeah. Of, of the middle age plus romantic comedy. Uh, old, it, old people getting old, their group back. Yeah, old people getting, yeah. <laughs> Whether it be Helen Mirren or Judy Dench or Blythe Danner, uh, uh, these movies do very well always, for us. Yeah. Um, what's the man version of that? Is there no? Well, well we, we did a couple. The one where the two old guys went on a, a, a oh, vacation. The, oh, like Lanto. Lanto, yeah. And Lanto. trip to Italy. Trip to Italy. They're they're pretty old. Those guys are pretty yeah. old. There was another one. Oh, it was the two gay guys. Oh yeah, um, with John Lithgow love, and oh, Love is Strange. Love, love is strange. strange. Yeah. Oh, that was a really good movie, with John Lithgow and um, Alfred Molina. Alfred yeah. Molina. It's I like should see that. The grumpier good. old men. It was. It was like a semi-more real-world grumpy old men, uh, but with two New York gay guys. Yeah, yeah that was really good too. Um, then we have the overnight, which um, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, it's Jason's good cast. Jason Schwartzman and Adam Scott. Yeah. And then Taylor Schilling, who is on Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. 
And it looks like um, I only know it's, it's been all over the talk shows I watch. Like it was on Daily Show, it was on Conan, um, and I guess a dark comedy about a, a, a young couple who meet another young couple and go to their party, and then crazy stuff happens. And it it takes place just I believe it's a night Some of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know I know because um, Adam Scott and Jason Schwartzman were on Conan. Is that it has full frontal nudity, but they both wore prosthetics. Somebody commented on Twitter that the prosthetics seem fake. Oh no! Like, <laughs> like, uh, movie. like Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights at the end of Boogie Nights. It's like just obviously so fake. Yeah. But they're, they're, I, I'm a big fan of Jason Schwartzman from various Everything. stuff, like yeah. Scott Pilgrim and Wes Anderson movies. Um, Adam Scott, I, I got to know via Parks and Recreation and become a big fan of him. Uh, Adam Scott was the, the dickish older, older brother in uh, Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Will, Fer- Will oh, Ferrell's wow. older brother. I totally forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Derek. <laughs> and if, if you want to listen, depending on your comedic taste, if you want to listen to a... I think meta is the word. I'm still confused with what meta means exactly, but a very meta crazy podcast. There's a podcast called You Talk and You Too to Me, and it's with Adam Scott um, and Scott Ackerman, who is uh, the comedy, host of Comedy Bang Bang. Comedy Bang Bang. And it's them just as two U2, U2 nerds talking about U2. But they're both funny, so they go off on these tangents, and we'll have a whole episode talking about like Bruce Springsteen or something else, or, have it, or, or, or Fish. You know, they'll just talk about their... And then because people don't get it, they'll send in, like, hate mail saying, why didn't you talk about U2 for the whole episode? And then they, well, they did an episode where it was them doing commentary on their own podcast. So it was oh. them talking with oh. them talking over it. But it's really funny stuff. And, uh, again, it's an example of, like, I've become a fan of somebody via podcasting because Adam Scott, now I, he's, he kind of travels in that comedy bang-bang circle, which is so many podcasts now, but... But yeah, so I'm glad we got over it. It's kind of a weird little comedy that that um, that's nice to get uh, get in for a few nights. Yeah, <clears throat> and then we have the Ottawa premiere Big Game. Yeah, with Sam J. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm excited. Like a comic, uh, cartoony sort of action adventure. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a like if this was made in 1985, it would have Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the president. Yeah, like a canon <laughs> production. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And it's from the director of Rare Exports, which we did really well with. Yeah, which was so good. A couple good. years ago. And I think it's his first movie since Rare. I think it's his like follow-up film mm-hmm. since Rare Exports. He did like a couple of short films and stuff. but Well, Rare Exports was a short originally, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, which I've never seen. i got to see that. Because if you, if, uh, if you don't know, Rare Exports is a Santa Claus horror movie, I guess. Yeah. Santa Claus is like an evil goblin kind of guy. Yeah. It's, it's it's like a Santa Claus nightmare movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of evil Santa Claus? Kringus? Um, uh, Krampus. 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 Have you heard about that? that that's like the yeah. mythology. Yeah. eats children? Yeah, the mythology where it's like, it's Santa, but he eats children and comes on Christmas Eve and beats you with a stick and shoves you in a stocking. And it's just like, I think there's actually a couple movies in production now of Krampus. But Big Game was a, yeah, we did very well with it a couple years ago. And this is, on the surface, it kind of just looks like a uh, what would be considered like a straight to VHS movie a few years back. Yeah, but then it when seems you seems like ridiculous fun. Yeah. yeah, but then when you see who directed it and you see Sam Jackson's in it, and and so I'm just, I jokingly was like, so this is going to do as good as Avengers, right? We're going to have like lineups around the block because everything we Sam should, Jackson though, is it is. Yeah, like, uh, it's been confirmed that he says his line. Good, good. 
it is good man like he just doesn't stop working like he's just he's in so many films yeah. it just keeps going um but yeah it's, and it's neat to get that because like you know if you look at at this week it's i'll see you in my dreams romantic yeah. comedic drama slow west old school western big game kind of a hollywood-esque blockbuster and overnight a weird hollywood comedy um all in the same block yeah. plus rocky horror um and we just got hot off the presses like, hot off the presses the paper is still warm from the printer we can get a head start and uh talk about next week as well because our we're ahead of the game on programming for as happens sometimes just because things fall into place so we can get the word out a bit earlier on stuff coming out for what is it a week from now so that'll be friday july 17th to 23rd to 23rd we just received it so we're going to be playing Strangerland. It's the Ottawa premiere. Starring Nicole Kidman and uh, the guy from The Matrix. Hugo, the Mr. Hugo Weaving. Yeah. <clears throat> so is it, is it a full-on Australian production? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, I know that's two Australian folks. Uh, but yeah, so Strangerland. I fully admit I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet. I watched the trailer and I, it seemed kind of creepy. I'm it's, not sure um, I understand. It's a missing child, I believe. Ah. Uh, and, um, well, we have the internet in front of us. Oh, we the internet. It it'll, it'll tell us. <laughs> uh, new to the remote Australian desert town of Nathgari, the Parker family is thrown into crisis when Catherine and Matthew discover, discover that their two teenage kids, Tommy and Lily, have mysteriously disappeared just before a massive dust storm hits the town. Mm, it's a laugh riot. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> It's terrifying. a heartwarming triumph of the human spirit. It looks terrifying. I like, I like Nicole Kidman because she had... Does a lot of one-offs. Yeah, she had or has a career where she could be doing kind of fairly mainstream kind of Oscar bait drama. Mm-hmm. And she's had some success with, with that kind of stuff, but she does some really weird movies, like whether it be something with Lars von Trier or, um, uh, what was it? Was it called Down the Rabbit Hole or just Rabbit Hole? Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Rabbit hole. Um, from, the, from the guy who directed... Um, Hedvig. Hedvig, which I love. But yeah, I like her because she's doing... She's one of those actresses who I just can't imagine that her agent is like, no, go do this. And she's like, I'm going to go do this weird little movie. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool that she... I'm, I'm sure has enough money in the bank and can just do projects she likes doing. And we've had a bunch of them over the last few years. And, and uh, I just I just like that she's kind of taking risks and doing interesting things. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing Strangerland. Yeah. Uh, we also have Madame Bovary. Madame Bovary. Which How do you pronounce her name, this actress? Mia... Wasikowska? Was- was- <laughs> I'm sure it's exactly like that. She she was in uh, Alice in Wonderland, right? Mm-hmm. That was her big Hollywood and film. Tracks. Tracks was good. And uh, Lawless. Oh yeah, Lawless. Yeah. Paul Giamatti is in this as well. Oh, is he? I love Paul Giamatti. See, I know Madame Bovary from. And Reese Ifans. And Ezra Miller, the creepy kid from uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh wow! Oh, that's a good movie. I know Madame Bovary from seeing previous incarnations of it whether it be some pbs version or something so i know of that uh but i haven't seen this production yet i love paul giamatti i love paul giamatti yeah. and uh whether he's doing something kind of you know he's not really a leading man but his character stuff what did we show we showed we screened uh 
just a little while back, John dies at the end. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Or we, like American Splendor, where he's playing that's uh, a good movie. Harvey Pekin. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, so yeah, so I, I always enjoy his work. So that's kind of a more of a cinematic classic that we have coming up. Yeah, and then uh, we also have the Ottawa premiere of Felt. Oh, this looks really creepy. That's it gonna looks be heavy. really creepy. D- uh, did you guys see May? Yes. May is a great film. I feel like this is going to be sort of, obviously not the same movie at all, but like a similar, have a similar But this has to got it. some real kind of twisted sexual politics to it. You're right, yes. It's this woman who um, is very distraught over, I guess she was, um, they, they don't go in the, into details about it, but apparently she was raped or molested or something. Yeah, they allude to the fact that she was sexually assaulted. And she creates this felt costume that's mm-hmm. like a, has a fake, again, we're talking about right. fake uh, phalluses. <laughs> yeah. And um, she meets a guy who's seemingly nice. They use the term seemingly, seemingly, seemingly oh, nice. It's, it's going to go horribly wrong. But uh, yeah, apparently she just loses her mind. and Good times. Interesting. I think this was a big hit at Fantasia. Oh, yeah? In Montreal, I believe. That's interesting. It doesn't sound like a... Well, I guess Fantasia shows everything. They're kind of known a little bit more for, like, genre stuff, but they also show kind of bizarre, weird, uh, independent films as well. Yeah. That schedule just came out for Fantasia, and I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but we often will get movies on the heels of Fantasia in the the weeks or months afterwards. And uh, if I have time, I might go check it out. It's it's the... uh, we We have a friend of the Mayfair who is one of the Fantasia masterminds. King. So I can go and go watch a whole bunch of movies. It's kind of that, it doesn't make logical sense to take time off and go to somewhere else for a week <laughs> and just sit and watch movies and not socialize or visit friends. But it is fun to go to a film festival where it's just, especially Fantasia. My thing to do on vacation is to oh, not yeah. do anything and not socialize. <laughs> I would like, I believe it's going on in his absence, but one of my dreams would be to go on the, uh, the Roger Ebert um, cruise, mm. where it's essentially a film festival on a they boat. They still do that? I believe, I believe Chaz still does it. Really? I, I'm not positive, but I, I remember think... remember seeing ads for that. Like, yeah. go on a cruise with Ebert and Roper. So I, I believe now, like, God, when did Roger die? 2013? Yeah, or 12. 12? So, so I'm not positive, but I believe that it, Chaz, his wife, who, is, who has kind of taken over his empire and... Because Roger Ebert, <laughs> RogerEbert.com still exists. So it's kind of yeah. confusing because you'll see like a RogerEbert.com review for, for Felt well, or Slow his, West. It's his archive, yeah. but it's also uh, a yeah, review site. Writers. And yeah. there's really good uh, film reviews on there. There's always, a lot of good, yeah. lot of good writers. And I think it's very My much... My complaint is that they're always very long. And so yes. it's difficult well, to that's, use them that's for the just newsletter. Beca- yeah. 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 <laughs> it's <laughs> not because you don't like to read. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not because I don't like to read. I like reading long reviews, but it, when it comes to doing the newsletter, it's difficult to use them. Well, I think it's all people who are like children of Ebert, where, yeah. where it's like these are people who are 20s, 30s, who grew up reading mm-hmm. Roger's stuff and are now working for Roger's company. And Chaz, I, like, cause he still has like a Twitter account. So I, I believe Chaz, his wife, kind of takes care of all that. And so whenever there's like a new article about Roger or something about film history or somebody he liked, like Scorsese, she'll put that on there. But I think on this cruise you go, and however many day, days it is, like five days, and they'll have like seminars, they'll have guest filmmakers, but it's just, you know, sitting in the, the beautiful uh, ocean view 
and sitting inside and watching movies instead, instead of uh, enjoying the, uh, the the view or enjoying the, the... Which is what I'd want to do anyway oh, if yeah. I was on a cruise. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I think they stop somewhere and you can get off and kind of walk around a town for a little bit and then go back and watch like more movies. Walk off your seasickness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would love to do that. I would love to go, go with a, a bunch of other nerds and watch movies on a cruise ship. Yeah. Nerd cruise. Nerd cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a movie. Nerd cruise. <laughs> I bet you... I bet you that's already a movie. <laughs> on, on the heels of, of Revenge of the Nerds, there must be a Revenge of the Nerds on a boat <laughs> giving, knockoff. G- giving a new meaning to the term Virgin Islands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we got a movie. Quick. Let's, Amazing. Let, let, let's, uh, Nerd let's, cruise. Let's workshop this a bit. We well, should... people are going to steal it now because oh, they're, no. they're hearing it. Trademark so, copyright. Copyright Mayfair Theater. <laughs> you can't take it. All rights reserved. Speaking of awesome movie ideas, uh-huh. we'll also be playing The Room. Oh, the room. On Saturday, July 18th. Wow, we were just talking about that too. I, I was, That's true. I was just talking with who did I recommend it? To? I was talking about behind the scenes movie stuff, and I, I was plugging uh, Greg's book again and saying that even if you aren't the biggest fan of the room in the world, Disaster Artist is a great book. Like, yeah. like genuinely a great book. And um, I know Greg had a co-writer, and I think once upon a time it would be a ghostwriter, but now I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if like agents or publicists or whoever kind of said I don't want my guy to be a ghostwriter anymore because now like you see a book written by an athlete or a book written by a celebrity and the co-writer is always credited as well so whoever helped him with it did a great job and I think Greg did a great job but but man that's quite a story that's quite a book yeah. <laughs> and uh I haven't watched The Room since finishing I actually listened to the audiobook but it it will change my experience because it's now I know all these other stories that I've never heard before, despite seeing he or Tommy do their Q and A's here. Yeah. So it really does change the way. It's almost like after you watch a movie like Ed Wood, if you go back and watch an Ed Wood film, it kind of changes the perspective because you know, even if it's a fictionalized account like Johnny Depp's version, you know kind of some of these behind the scenes stories mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but that'll be. Man, we're, we're getting very close to month 71. Or no, sorry, 75, I yeah. think. I think we're at 70 or 71. I think this is 70, Yeah, if I recall. That's a lot of months. <laughs> from, from the website? I keep on meaning to research and see. We must have the world record, like, for the room. Oh, my God. Like, I know there's other theaters that show it frequently, but we must have the world record of showing this film this many months in a row... Plus, if you add on the couple of times that Greg or Tommy have been here and we had a couple extra um, show times added on, like, that would probably add on another dozen or so show times to it. Yeah. Yeah, I keep on meaning to check. Uh, speaking of that, though, like, I wonder how many Rocky shows we've done, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. Well, Rocky's, like, like, who is it? There, there's, like, is there, there's a theater in L.A. and a theater in New York that do it frequently as well, I guess. Someone was saying. I'm someone was saying we're number three. Someone was saying that like we're the current third. We're number one in Canada. Number one in Canada yeah. for sure. Yeah, but like the number three in North America or maybe the world, maybe in the UK. I wow. bet you in the UK they they have some good shows. That would make sense. I'm sure. I'm sure there must be some like Rocky Horror official person that we could say I'm like. Sure, Sam. I could pick Sam's brain. Yeah. <laughs> ask some of the Rocky Horror Shadowcast guys who run the show here. Who have all the trivia. I keep on. I would love, I mean, it's kind of, they do so well with this. Mm-hmm. It would be an interesting challenge, but it would have to be like starting from square one to do something else. 
you know, to, 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 to pick another cult film. And give her? Yeah, like whether that be, you know, something, something like a, a, um, an Ed Wood type movie or The Evil Dead or some like... I think there were talks of something like that yeah. uh, one night as, yeah. as we were devolving. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I've, I think it's a very different film, but I've never seen the other Rocky Horror film. There's like kind of shock a treatment. shock treatment. It's like oh, a pseudo sequel. I've never seen it either. I don't even know if you call it a sequel. I, I don't know what the connection is because I don't think Tim Curry's in it. I could be wrong, but I don't even think it's a musical, but there's some couple of characters or it's set in the same world, but it, 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 it's hilarious because considering the first one is such a, a phenomenon. Yeah. Second one, most people haven't even seen it. I don't know if it's on... DVD or Blu-ray, I'm, I'm not sure. But I think it's on DVD. On DVD. But it's one of those, like, th- that happens on nice where it's like, you know, Grease, like this giant phenomenon, like, cultural hit. And then Grease 2, yeah. nothing. <laughs> or, yeah. or American Graffiti, or The Exorcist. Like, there, there's all kinds of examples of movies. Where... Exorcist 3 is good. I like Exorcist 3. Um, it's, it's not a perfect movie, but it's got yeah. a lot of good stuff in it. It's not even really supposed to be Exorcist 3. That's something the studio imposed on... William Peter Blatty, who directed it. Really? It was a it's separate supposed be, film? supposed to be called Legion. And it was it's really more of a spin-off of The Exorcist. But yeah. they kind of the studio was like, no, it's gotta be a sequel. You gotta call it Exorcist 3, but And then there's all that confusion with Exorcist. There's, there's two there's two, there's two Exorcist 4. That's so weird. And there's the Rennie Harlan one, which is not very good. Yeah. And then there's the Paul Schrader one, which is actually pretty interesting. Pretty and, good. And, and, and it's re- cool watching them. It's it's weird watching them back to back. I I might be making this up, but I thought they put out a DVD version that had both. I have the versions. Blu-ray box set which has both, both versions. versions. So it was the same. The Red Harlan version. What happened was Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, um, started directing Exorcist Four. Yeah. And uh, they finished it, but the studio was like, you know, this is this is awful, and we got to remake it. So they basically spent millions of more dollars to. Um, basically remake the whole film. So they hired Rennie Harlan, who directed Die Hard 2. And Deep Blue Sea. And Deep Blue Sea, <laughs> and Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay, um, to remake the film with a slightly different script and different, sort of different characters. Yeah. Um, and they released that, and that bombed, and so they gave a small theatrical release to Paul Schrader's version, which is a little bit more artistically ambitious. But if you watch them both back to back, it's a really strange experience because it's like, here's one version of, of the story, here's another version, and there's some scenes that are similar and some scenes that yeah. are different. That's weird. I mean, the only other time, and it's different, but it was when uh, like a Sean Connery James Bond movie came out against a Roger Moore James Bond movie mm-hmm. at the same time. Never Say like, Never Again and uh, Octopussy. Octopussy. It was like dueling production companies. Yeah. So that's different, slightly different, but the same thing of like the same the same franchise fighting against each other for box office dollars. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. And now they 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 just keep rebooting stuff. It's yeah. like, well, I'd like the rebooting Spider Man again. Again, <laughs> yeah. which does that mean I, they hired some kid I've never heard of to play Spider Man? Does that mean it's going to be the same origin origin story again? Yes, but so we essentially will now. And have... how is that a good idea? Well, the only good idea is that it... It's going to make money. It, it'll yeah. make money, <laughs> but it puts Spidey... And, and I think this little production company needs our help. 
into the Marvel Sony? Universe. No, it'll put Spidey into the Marvel Universe. So it's Sony who screwed up so bad with the last two amazing Spider-Man films. When, Were those bombs? Well, I think I think they made money, but like comparatively to Guardians of the Galaxy, which was acclaimed and the fans liked it, um, it didn't do great. And they, they had a feeling that if they did a third one, it would have done less great. And, and so they put all their plans on hold and fired everybody. And now Spidey will show up in... It, along with Avengers in that universe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But but it, it does mean it's the third actor in, I don't know, when was it the first Spider-Man movie? It was like 2002 or something like that? 2001. 2001. So in like 15 years, we've had three Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. We've had five. Or, or no, but, but like actors. The three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be, this will be the sixth film. Unless you count that TV movie oh, that TV from movie. the 70s that we actually showed. We screened that, and as will happen, the newspapers just said we were playing, <laughs> I think, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And I don't think anyone minded, but I'm sure a handful of people showed up thinking we were playing that. Something completely different. Yeah, and he's ever playing this wonderfully... That, uh, that looks like we made it. Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 this it's wo- like Matthew in a leotard. Yeah. Like, a wonderfully awful TV film from, like, I don't know, 1976 or 77 or so. And it feels like a TV movie. Like, it has that cinematography of, like, 1970s. Well, it it was a TV movie. Yeah. It was a pilot movie for the CBS TV show that was on for, like, a couple seasons. Yeah. and then But it got released theatrically elsewhere, In, like, France or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we we got a print. We we stumbled on a print. Someone went to France. And, and upwards of tens of people came to see it. <laughs> but it was, they do that sometimes. Like, I remember when I was a kid, there was, and I'm sure they're awful, but I love them. There was two Ewok TV films. And I was the exact right age to think the Ewoks were cool. And I always come to the defense of kid movies when there's like a 40-year-old raging that somebody ruined their childhood. And I'm like, yeah, but this superhero movie is made for eight-year-olds. You're not eight, you know? Like so, yeah. so guess what? If you go back and look at Goonies or the Ewok TV movies, and in the same way that 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 Hook or Spice World or Space Jam... Are you, still amazing. Are still amazing, <laughs> but they're kids' movies, you yeah. know? And so but they released the Ewok films. Did you just films. say that Spice World is amazing? Yeah. Two, yeah. two out of three podcast hosts agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it, but... Oh, I, okay, oh, so oh, I have self-respect, though. So we have to, we're going to have to do a late night of Spice World. And wasn't, there, wasn't there some like uh, uh, group, some ladies wanted to screen Spice World? Oh, yeah. Well, they wanted to screen it. I think it was for International Women's Day. Oh, that's a good idea. They should do that. They wanted to, yeah. add, they wanted to like give International Women's Day a bad name. No, they, because girl power, okay? So they wanted to rent They the didn't want to theater. scream like Norma Ray or something? No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Or like fried green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes, no. yeah. Uh, no, but they wanted to raise money for um, a local women's organization or two or three or four. Yeah. Um, and they were sort of hoping to pack the house, but it didn't really work out because it would have been a little bit too expensive. You know what we should do? We should do what Targ did. By the way, House of Targ is our, our sponsor. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way. We're all grown up. We got a sponsor. We got a sponsor. <laughs> sponsor. House of Targ, 1077 Bank Street, across the street from us. Um... They did. They did a, a rock show for for a women's shelter or something yeah. where admission was giving tampons. Yeah, it was called tampons for Ted. Uh, I, you know, it's. We <laughs> should do that for a movie where admission is like <laughs> tampons or maxi pads. Yeah. 
should show yeah. fried green tomatoes or something. We really should. <laughs> I'm sort of like, uh, uh, I don't know, tampons are a difficult thing. Or we just skew it and say, like, admission is cookies. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want... <laughs> cookies for Josh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want vegan no. cookies. We could do tampons. We could do drop-off tampons. What's TED? Is TED a thing? Uh, I think it's an acronym, but I'm not sure oh, somebody. for what. Yeah. yeah. For TED Talks? For TED Talks, yeah. No, How I strange. think it's an acronym for the name of the organization, but I'm not sure. The, um, man, I would like to show Spice World. When I saw, I saw Spice World, I was early 20s, and me and two friends went, and then we got to the theater, and we went to, like, one of the multiplexes, and we got to the theater, and upon getting there, all three of our brains kicked in and went, oh, this might not have been a good idea, because <laughs> we were, like, it was... Just all... <laughs> little girls screaming yeah, as soon like as you open the door? Well, and, like, it were, like, three dudes in, like, trench coats sitting at the back of the theater while, like, a whole bunch of, like, moms and dads and 12-year-old girls are watching Spice World. And, and although I don't think it was a big hit film, on the opening weekend, at least, it was crowded enough because everybody went to see, all the fans went to see oh, it. Man. Also, they have sold a bajillion VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was just... It's funny, it just came up recently because somebody was talking about, um, I don't know why it came up, but someone was talking about um, people, there's a whole bunch of cool people that have cameos in the Spice World movie. Yeah. And one is Dame Edna, but not as yes. Dame Edna, just as himself. And one is Roger Moore. Bob mm-hmm. Hoskins is Bob in it. Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. is in it. And, the late Bob Hoskins. And, um, uh, oh, what's his name? House. TV's House. Oh, um. I can't remember his uh, name. Yeah, something. But I, in my mind, his yeah. name is House. We all know who TV's House is. I think everybody knows who that is. Yeah. Okay, so somebody, we want someone to please rent the theater and, and play, play Spice World, World, and we will do our best to make you get a lot of people to come and buy tickets for your charity event. Yeah. Fa- failing that, off the record, we're going to sneak in sometime and maybe watch it on our own <laughs> fruition. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Don't well, schedule me for that show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll schedule you candy bar. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we'll mention quickly that we have two more Ottawa premieres scheduled. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Boulevard. Boulevard with Robin Williams. His last role? Yeah, his yeah. last role. Oh, Robin. Come cry. And Eden, the uh, French DJ movie. Which got some good film festival buzz. Um, yeah, so that's about it for this week. Uh, thank you to House of Targ for being our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will hear us saying House of Targ a couple of times a show for the next while. House of Targ. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.